0: From foundations to flat work, excavations, and everything in between, we are the ones that set the literal foundation in the construction industry. Come and listen to our professionals on the field and get a perspective from the boots on the ground. I'm your host, Daniel Brown, and these are the stories of the people that we employ. We are Parker Concrete. Build on. All right, we're recording. Awesome. All right, this is episode two of. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode two of the Parker Concrete and Friends podcast. I am here with our shop mechanic, Uh, sir. Would you go ahead and please introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Dylan. Uh, I am one of three mechanics here at the shop, and uh, then you guys all take care of the fleets and whatnot, and make sure that everybody's on tip top. Yeah, everybody's DOT legal. Everybody's on the up getting their oil changes. I think I'm getting my oil change tomorrow, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I am from uh,
1: the Banks area uh, here in Oregon. So Yeah, grew up actually in Gaston and Banks. Went to both both schools Kind of raised in Gaston and then finished off at high school at Banks High School. Awesome.
0: How was that? How was that? Like, like growing up in that area?
1: Oh, it was great. I mean, when I was really young, I uh, lived in Hillsboro, and I went to the uh, I went to the Hillsboro School District, yeah. and wound up at seventh grade in Hillsboro in a middle school in Hillsboro at Evergreen, and I just once we moved to Gaston, and I went to a smaller school. It was way different and way more comfortable to be in that smaller school and have more of a, uh, a personal, like personable relationship with my teachers and my, uh, the other students that were there, it was a l- way more connected and gotcha. like everybody knew everybody, you know,
0: yeah, I heard, uh, Hillsboro's changed quite a bit in the past few years.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Know, with, it's gotten it? huge
0: Intel and all that, everything moving in and there. Yeah. 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 That's one thing. That, have we done any work for Intel? Uh, I do not know that. Yeah. And probably I'll ask somebody, I'll ask like Nick or somebody. But um, yeah, awesome. When did you start with uh, Parker Concrete? I started, I think... Oh, you can adjust that however you want to. Okay. Don't be afraid to move it around. Awesome. Well, I
1: started uh, about, I think it was late spring of 2020, I believe. I'm terrible with when I my start dates at any place any place I've ever been right <laughs> <laughs> like, so I've been here almost two years okay perfect yeah and then uh, what's your experience like like
0: you've been doing you've been doing mechanical work for how long now
1: uh, I'd say as a like strictly a mechanic yeah. since I was probably twenty nineteen twenty um Right around there is when I started uh, uh, driving a uh, dump truck and for a farm, basically. It's kind of right. like a farm. And I, did, uh, I, I ran a, a firewood processor, so we did commercial firewood. Um, I mean, I would do anywhere from 9 to 12 cords a day on that. We had a, a pile of, I mean, hundreds of cords of firewood at one point in time, and we would sell anywhere from like three to ten cords a day of firewood. Make it, we, the, my boss made pretty good money doing it, and he paid me really well doing it. Awesome. Um, but at that time, that's when I started get like, I've always wrenched since I was an early teenager, you know, mm-hmm. working on my mom's car and all that kind of stuff, learning how to fix things, especially for my cousin. I've got a lot of experience from my cousin, which is Chris, which is uh, he works here as well. Right. Um, so, I mean, I've got a lot of experience from him, a lot of experience from family. And then, right around that 1920 age is when I started really doing it for a living, on top of running equipment and stuff like that. And especially with the farm, like we he'd never outsourced for fixing things, so I would always have to figure out how to diagnose and fix things myself, with uh, some family friends' helps uh, that lived kind of down the road from us. So gotcha. that was that was really interesting, and it was a good experience for me to get my foot in the door as far as wrenching goes. And then after that, I, um, I started doing, uh, custom woodworking and stuff. And we, uh, me and my uncle, we were, we built, uh, a lot of, uh, eight foot banquet tables with bench sets out of reclaimed barn wood. And I did that for a few years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, his wife started a rental business, uh, uh, for, uh, weddings and events Gotcha. So we helped her build her fleet of tables and everything wound up building like, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 tables all in total of different types. Um, even had a couple custom orders for, for weddings that were for, uh, some pretty high clientele, like, uh, uh, the roll off farm out here when their son got married, um, they actually requested, we requested a special, um, uh, his and her table basically that they sat at at their wedding. So I built them a custom table for that. And then we slowly worked into um, taking custom orders from people on what they wanted built and they'd give us an idea and we'd run with it. We'd take a 50% deposit and build and then get the 50% upon delivery and delivery was always included. So we did really good with that. We made, Pretty decent money but we didn't promote it very well like I, i've never really been into social media or anything like that right, so right. The, all i really had was I'd, I'd post pictures every once in a while i used to have instagram so i'd post it on there all the time right. but if i would if i would promote it it would have went a little bit further but right around that time it was slowing down and i was about 20 23 probably 23 24 and uh, my cousin chris he had a job opening at uh, Sales Rebuilding gotcha. uh, uh, Concrete Pumps there, and he, you know, he talked me up about, you know, I, I know what I'm doing as far as wrenching goes, and I'm a pretty good welder and stuff like that. And I, I basically taught myself how to weld prior to that, and then. So he uh, he talked you up, or he told them that you were a good hand. He told them, told, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told them that I was a good hand basically, and that I could weld well, um, and I was a decent fabricator. So I wound up going over there, and basically all I did was take a weld test and did like a ten-minute interview, and they hired me on the spot there. And I worked with him for like three, three or four years there. Yeah. Um. And that helped just help my skills as far as wrenching and welding goes, and I became a better fabricator working there because I did a lot of the welding throughout the shop for everybody that worked there. And then uh, that that business went went under because of uh the owner's poor choices in uh dealings with the public as far as taking people's money and stuff like that so that that stuff happens yeah Yeah. exactly stuff happens yeah um which i'm kind of glad it did because everything happens for a reason that's what i always say and that's the way i see things um so we uh, we wound up getting laid off from there and within a few months um there was a a nursery out here just outside of Forest grove here yeah and they needed uh they needed a mechanic there, somebody who could weld, somebody who can wrench. They weren't looking for anything major as far as a mechanic goes. Just somebody who knew the, the just of wrenching and stuff like that. And I went over there. This was through my uncle. He knew the guy who was managing it. Um, went over there, and all again, all I really did was a weld test and yeah. like a 10-minute interview, and I got hired on the spot. And I slowly worked my way from just being a, a wrench hand To uh, Managing the shop. I took over the shop. I said basically the shop was just a storage unit when I started there and I cleaned it all out got it all dealt with and Had them invest in a bunch of tools because basically I told them that I'm not investing in any tools You know, I, I don't foresee myself being here forever so if you guys need a shop to stay that actually has tools to be able to produce and work on your own equipment Then you need to invest in this stuff so that when you have another mechanic come in, you can have these things worked on. Right, right. Um, So that went pretty well for a while. It was about two years there. And like I said, I went from just being a a wrench hand to managing the shop, having three people underneath me. Um, And we we did pretty well. We made that place a lot better but uh, no better opportunities arise i knew they were uh, eventually because they you know doors always open it yeah. just matters on if you actually walk through the door so chris um he started i actually i actually helped chris get the job here just because of uh hearsay yeah um when i was working at that farm or nursery um the shop floor needed redone so i finally got the okay to at least get a quote and the first thing i did is i wanted to find a local um well-known uh, concrete business so i just typed into google you know concrete companies near me and parker was the first one that popped up top of the list so i called i had ed come out yeah and he did the quote for me we sat there and 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 talked a bit about about the shop and everything he's like man we we need another mechanic um I was like, well, I'm pretty, pretty. I'm kind of invested in here because I'm I'm running the shop. I've come a long way since I started to where I am now. I don't necessarily need the job, but I know my cousin, my cousin does. Yeah. Um, Because he's still, you know, unemployed. He's still trying to find the right place for him. And I just told him I was like, I don't know if he's going to be interested because it's kind of a far drive. He lives, you know, hour, hour and twenty minutes away from here. Yeah. But you know, it'd be worth him coming in here. So he wound up coming in. Chris got the job here. Uh, and then it just snowballed from there with Chris getting me the job here. He helped, you know, he talked, me, didn't talk me up, but he, he advocated for me on on being a good wrench, you know, and being a good welder and stuff. And, uh, he called me like three different times the first two times he's like hey you should really come down here it's a great business the boss is awesome the shop is great it's a huge shop it's it's i mean we have a pretty impressive shop yeah the shop <laughs> the shop is amazing when i first came here i was like wow yeah this is impressive yeah you know and uh i, I turned him down the first two times because i was like i'm, I'm kind of invested in this place i want to i want to see where it goes and see how far i can take my skills here right and then the third time he called me I was just like, you know what? I, I can't I can't say no three times. I at least have to check it out. Right. And luckily I did. I came down here. I had my interview and it was probably one of the most ex- more extensive interviews I've ever had for getting a job, which kind of made me feel good, but it also made me nervous at the same time because right. I've never usually it's just show up, weld test and, you know, get to work. Right, right. But they wanted to know, you know, you know more about me, which was kind of awesome, you know, they're more invested in their employees. Right. Um so that's that's basically how I got the job here and I I appreciate Chris doing that for me and I appreciate Mikey and and Bruce you know giving me a chance obviously and right. I feel like I've you know from the time that I started um here my my skills have only gotten better right. and I I always say this I I hope to never stop learning you know I always want to take my skills further no matter what um and it's been It's been a great place to work and a great opportunity for my skills to uh, flourish, you know, and I'm actually really proud of where I've come from and where I am now compared to where, you know, where I was 10 years ago.
0: And I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's one thing that's always really good is just having that mindset where, you know, I, I'm never done learning because, you know, if you're one of those people that like, nope, I know it all. And that's it. And that's that i mean you're kind of first of all you're stonewalling yourself you're not going to go any further anywhere exactly you know it's uh like that old saying what is it if you're uh if you're uh irreplaceable you're not going nowhere exactly (laughs) yep and and that's the other thing too is i I don't think people realize as much as how important welding is yeah i mean welding is hyper important i mean i've worked with iron workers before and like their welding teams and all that i mean there's so much liability and the stuff you guys have to put together the, the stuff you guys built for the rigs
1: yeah i mean yeah building the uh, you know after bruce got the uh 2021 trucks yeah um he wanted to kind of get away from the aluminum beds because mm-hmm. they're seeing a lot of abuse where they got a lot of weight put on them yeah uh so he wanted me to start building the the steel beds for the trucks which was a great opportunity for me because I you know it made me excited about the project right and I got to build something that you know it's 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 a big icon as far as the trucks go it's a a big part of the truck and being able to build that first one and then kinda work my way into this is exactly how I want it to be and now I have I have a, basically a template, set template in my head and yep. written down on paper of how it needs to go together from start to finish. The first one was kind of a learning curve because Bruce wanted it a certain way. Right. You know, and he. It, not that this is a negative thing, you know. But he and a lot of people, when you say the word micromanaging, they, they take it take it as a negative. But he kind of micromanaged that process, which helped me get what he had in his head out because it, it's not anything he had written down on paper. Right. You know, he'd built a bunch of beds previously when he, you know, in the early days of Parker. So he was trying to get that out of his head and portrayed to me about exactly how he wants those beds, and by the second and third one. We had a great process, and you know, I was able to just kind of run with it. I didn't have right. to, I didn't have to ask him questions about exactly how he wants these things. And there's a reason why he wants them that way, you know. And that that would say too is like instead
0: of using the word <laughs> micromanage, I would say like, uh, <laughs> is uh, how would I say this? Uh, he had a vision, yeah, and he yeah. helped you execute it. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> that's a way better way to put it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and that's. Uh, I mean, that's 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 actually pretty. Uh, like I said, like. That's one thing that's super huge is like making sure that your welds stick, making sure your welds are staying together. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's
1: that's, I've I've been I've been doing it long enough, and I've seen other people's projects and other people's welds, and I've seen how they can fail and how how it can become a problem. And some you know in some cases it can be a dangerous problem, a safety issue. You know. and I, I can immediately point out, you know, that that weld is not gonna. If we gotta fix that now before mm-hmm. it does become a problem in the f- future, and I've always held myself to a really high standard, not just because of myself but because of Chris as well. Chris, when we were working at UES United Equipment Sales, yeah. he held me to a really high standard there because he knew that I could become a better welder by holding me to a higher standard and making sure that my fabrication and my welding were top notch because what we what we were working on was super important for it to not break down right you know people buy this equipment you know, the, the the concrete pumps we were, we were rebuilding were all uh toe behind tag you know line pumps and rock pumps and the uh, the guy that we worked for he would buy them you know relatively cheap and we would literally tear them down to nothing Build, rebuild them from the ground up and redo all the a lot of the fabrication on them and then he'd sell them for 20 or 30 grand a piece so and that you know ha, ha, that's his name that he's putting out there and if it's low quality then his name is we're not going to have business because you know his name's getting diminished right. you know so I've always held myself to a high standard as far as that goes and and i've I've always said this as well i am my when it comes down to welding or fabrication i'm always my biggest critic nobody can criticize me more than myself because i i hold myself to that standard where i want to be the best i can be and i'm it's even with you know as just as well with wrenching as with welding i always want to progress and get better and be better and do better because there's always something i can work on to make better you know then uh
0: the other thing i was going to bring up too as well is on uh the like intake process that we've been kind of doing recently with the guys i mean there's always been kind of like um there's always been kind of like a a disconnect because everybody still has the same mission right yeah and then we all want to you know every, these guys want to have safe vehicles we want them to have safe vehicles and we want them to get to work and all that good stuff and then you guys really 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 buckle down and kind of streamline that process and then the other thing that I was also going to bring up as well is just having you involved in the whole safety process on on Mondays. I mean, I yeah. think that's been I think that's been great, you
1: know. You're you're fully engaged in it, and which is great. You're not just like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm really happy to be a part of it, yeah. you know. I want to I want to help, you yeah. know. And I want to help the guys and I want to help this the, our whole system that we have here and make mm-hmm. everything, you know, help I want to be a part of that process to make it better.
0: Yeah, and that's a big thing too is like I I just I keep saying it over and over and over. I know we all kind of have our different uh, like viewpoints on things, but we're all speaking. We're all speaking the. We all have the same goal. We're just in a sense speaking different languages, so to speak. Yep. You know, and I think that's been a really good eye opener to give them your guys' perspective on what needs to happen. You know, what's uh, how how this affects us, how this affects you. You know, yeah. Uh, getting uh, making sure that we actually go through the process correctly, and making sure that if you guys have any questions, how to get through that process. That's that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, yeah, and, and then that's a big thing too. Is like you know, there's been that. Uh, there's also a language barrier as well. Yep. But I mean, I think it's it's probably um, one of the things that's been getting better.
1: Yeah, know? it has. And one of the, one thing with that is when I worked at the nursery, there was a lot of language barrier there as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, I it's, there was a couple. You know, at first I would rely on you know a couple of. of you know, my coworkers to help me translate. Right. And then I realized I got, I got a translator in my pocket. You know, all I got to do is pull out my phone and use a Google translate. And that's how I communicated with all the guys in the field out there. And it created a better relationship with them because it showed them that I was making the effort to do so. You know, I want them to understand what I'm saying and I want to understand what they're saying so that we can meet in the middle and find, and you know, Execute the goal that we're trying to do instead of having that barrier and trying to figure out how to work around it Well the workarounds in your pocket and it it makes it so much easier and when the guys come in here And you know, they're getting their oil changed We have that little bit of a disconnect Well, all I gotta do is whip out my phone and we can have a conversation right, you know and, and and Come to an understanding with each other about what's going on with the truck or where we're at what I need need from them and what? What they need from me, and try to try to make that as, as streamlined as possible. And luckily, like I said, we got that in our pocket. It, it's yeah. it's a it's, good day and age, you know, as far it, as know, technology goes. I don't even know how people did it before, You know right? at,
0: at a certain point, like I mean, I'm 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 uh, very disappointed I didn't learn Spanish when I was growing up. Yeah, but uh, but now with you know the technology that we have now, I mean, it just kind of don't have to. I'm yeah, exactly. I would prefer not to have to do that all the time, but you know, right still it's still it's huge yeah at least we have the opportunity to do so exactly all right you know pulling somebody off hey come here can you translate for me and uh, yeah hold on hold on you know nah, can't do that so another thing too is uh what about the whole part shortage deal uh that's going on right now how are you guys dealing with that because i know that everybody's struggling with that right now
1: um it is making things extremely difficult and it 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 frustrates us. It frustrates yeah. the people we're trying to get parts through. It frustrates the people we're trying to get parts for to try to right. fix their stuff. And a lot of it is just, you know, even if we're told that, you know, we're not going to see it for so long, you know, because some of the stuff that we get, we we deal directly through Ford, you know, because we want OEM parts on the trucks. Right. Um and a lot of that stuff is backordered. Some of it has no ETA on the backorder. Some of it's like two, three, six months out, depending on what it is. So a lot of the times we have to outsource it, and even outsourcing it is hard because you know you're you're try You might be able to find one part across the country, or maybe it's on the other side of the world. Right. You know, and that's that's made things really difficult for us. But we're 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 doing better about sourcing them um, yeah. and getting through that because it, one way or another we got to have the part, right? Um, some parts are almost impossible to get. But we're we're finding a way one way or another, whether it be through eBay or or even used parts if we have to. I mean, we're we're doing our best. We still haven't had to go to like a a, a junkyard or something and pull parts off of trucks for our our vehicles or or even our excavators. Uh, you know, our heavy equipment stuff like that. We've been pretty lucky to not have to have any used parts on anything. We've 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 gotten to the point where eventually we'll source it. And one of those things that goes with sourcing that is we have to stay on top of it every day, drill into it. You know. And and one, you know, eventually something's going to pop up, yeah. whether it's a back order item or not. If we can, if we keep drilling away at it, we will find it on the internet. And that's it, it's it's difficult, but it's doable. What about gouging?
0: Oh man, that, that, that seems to be pretty prevalent right now with just oh, yeah. about everything right now. Yeah the, yeah, the
1: prices are just getting outrageous on things.
0: <laughs> I've heard uh, I've heard people have been buying trucks without uh, like center consoles or like you know certain electronic components it, yeah. and whatnot and. They've been. Uh, they, they'll come back later and install them. I don't know how true that is, but
1: yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> that, and that's that's another part of our job too, as far as the gouging goes. It's yeah. like a, a lot of the times we're, we're not just trying to. If we do find a part and we know that you know it's readily available through a couple different sources, we'll go through and we'll we'll source that part through multiple sources, price it out, and we're trying to get it at the best cost that we can get it, and make sure that it's still the same quality as you know elsewhere or OEM. Yeah. Um and that that's become kind of difficult to do because some places um the communication with parts people is kind of difficult with some places, but you know, we, like I said, we just drill away at it and eventually we get, we, we get good results. So it
0: seems like it'd be a full-time job just in itself right there. You it know? is.
1: It, it, it <laughs> keeps Tyler busy. And yeah. uh, lately I've been trying to, you know, Tyler has his projects that he needs to be working on as well. And he, sometimes he he'll get behind because he's doing so much sourcing on stuff Yeah. that, you know, if I get a couple minutes, then I'm jumping on the computer and I'm trying to source. So we're kind of teaming up on that to get it done it's difficult but you know we've got two heads into it and we're we're putting a lot of effort into it as far as sourcing parts goes it (laughs) it, it gets difficult but it's (laughs) like i said it's doable nothing's impossible so uh here at parker
0: concrete uh I, i i i like to ask people like a certain uh certain questions uh one of them is is what is it that you do that you would like people to know more about, or like what you would like to ha- like have them have more information about? Like, or you don't think that they actually know what you like that you do, you
1: know? Like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know he did that, you know? Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody understands that I'm in here wrenching, obviously. Yeah. But one of my biggest things that I see is some people don't necessarily understand what it takes mm. to wrench, mm. right? And you know. You're turning a wrench. Yeah, I get that. Yes, I am turning a wrench. But to replace some of these parts or do service on things, um, it's very time consuming, especially when you're, you know, for instance, on these uh, these Isuzu's, we had to uh, have the DPFs, the diesel particulate filter cleaned and the turbo rebuilt. Well, it took, you know, it's half a day to a day just to tear the DPF out and the turbo out. And then we have to send it out and rely on somebody else to tear it down and rebuild it or or clean it and so i mean it took it took a better part of like six or seven days for both those things to get uh dealt with two separate sources we you know we take the dpf to uh a truck place that you know specializes in cleaning diesel particulate filters which they have to be baked and then the turbo you know it has to get tore completely down and rebuilt which i had to take all the way out to scapoos so we got both items spread from scapoos to portland and (laughs) we're waiting on those so i mean we you know we have five day downtime six day downtime Mm -hmm. with no parts waiting on relying on other sources to get it done and then i had a full day of work just putting just just the turbo today took me the entire day to put on it, it, i mean it came off way easier but putting it back together right. it's a little bit more difficult and that sometimes putting things together is easier sometimes taking them apart is easier you know so it's it's very time consuming and uh one of the things that i want everybody to understand is how time consuming things can be mm-hmm. and um sometimes and this is my fault sometimes i don't communicate that very well you know what i mean um, and lately I've been trying to get a lot better about communicating with the guys in the field about their trucks saying hey this is this is gonna take so long this is where I'm at on the project um, hopefully it'll be done this is my ETA on it well I mean sometimes it's kind of hard to communicate when you're in a pit underneath the vehicle <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and half the time I don't you know half the time in the shop I got You know, poor service. Yeah. So if guys are calling to try to check up with me, if I haven't made that effort to give them the call, then it'll just go straight to voicemail and I might miss it, you know? But, um, it is, it's hard to, it's hard to communicate when I'm so, um, uh, in depth in my project you know i'm i'm plugging yeah. away at it i mean like i said it took me all day to do the turbo and i was literally just plugging away nonstop on that thing to get it done
0: and and i get it too some guys they don't like uh they don't like having to transfer their vehicle out and oh yeah you know, I, I don't blame them swap everything over and then sometimes it'll be downtime for them but i mean it's pretty easy to, like, you know, look at the clock and kind of tap your foot when you're not the one doing the work, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That seems to be an ongoing trend with everybody, though. Oh, yeah. You know, these guys want these curbs built. They want these footers like, filled and all that. But, you know, hey, I, it's easy for you to tell me to do, get it done when you're not doing it. Exactly. So, But, I mean, that I think that's very important that everybody does understand that. I think we actually have been communicating that pretty well nowadays. Yeah. Isn't We've that, been doing a lot better. Yeah yeah because i mean there was a there's a lot of time it's like you know they got to get it done and like we're trying to get it done you know but that's the big thing is communicate communicate communicate
1: yep exactly the yeah, communication is it's, it's been getting <laughs> a lot better and another thing with uh, you know the how time consuming things can get is uh, you know things come through here that have to be prioritized and some of it is like all of a sudden, now I have this truck down, and this guy needs his truck now. Yeah. You know, and it's a, a simple fix. Well, I got to jump on that and get him back out the door, and then I can jump back on this other project. So, a, a lot of, you know, being in the shop with, you know, all the equipment that we have, all the trucks that we have, all the, you know, the power tools, the hand tools, you know, is we're trying to do our best to prioritize and make everybody happy you yeah. know what i mean and not everybody necessarily is a priority which i know nobody wants to hear they're not that that they're not our number one priority at that given time right you know it's all about it's almost about like uh
0: severity yeah like how big is how big is the issue you guys need you guys need a new windshield uh that's great we'll get that settled we'll, we'll work that out well, I have a vehicle that needs to get back up and running because this is the only one we have, and this is the only one they have. Yes, and we have a time critical project that you know we need the pumps running. You know, yeah, exactly. To, yeah, well, I mean, when the when the pumps go down, I mean, basically yeah, that's a down. big
1: project. It, it, <laughs> if, yeah, almost <laughs> anything with the pumps is a huge project. You know, yeah. it's it's never easy with the pumps. They're very difficult. You're basically uh, working on a crane. Yeah, exactly. All. It, with all the hydraulics that are in there and yeah. all the electronics, I mean, they're they're a very complicated system. System. and you know part of the time with those especially um, the time-consuming part with that is diagnostics yeah um, once it's diagnosed we can usually you know plug away at it and get it dealt with in a timely manner um, depending on what is wrong with it but sometimes man it's uh, diagnostics is a difficult thing especially with hydraulics hydraulics are uh, you know the especially the hydraulics on these things they're a super complicated system yeah so yeah, and luckily we have a really good relationship with uh, Concord Concrete Pumps up in uh, uh, Canada. So, uh, and the the owner of the place and the uh, the main so from what I understand, the owner, the 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 manager and the parts manager are all family, and oh, they gotcha. started the business from what I understand, and they've been working on these things pretty much all their life from what I understand. So they know these things in and out. So if I have a question about diagnostics, all I have to do is make a phone call and they're right there every time.
0: Is that Bruce's Canadian buddy that he's always talking about?
1: I believe so, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, they're really good people. They're so helpful. Like... the, the. no matter what, if I make a phone call to them, they will always—they're they, always—they always answer, or they'll be like, you know, I'm—I'm I'm busy at this time. I will get give me five minutes, and I'll get right to you. And they'll walk us through how to diagnose the issue because they know them so well. And if you know there's been a couple times where we've had you know brain scratchers for them and they they have to they're like okay well give me give me a half hour i'm going to think about this and try to try to understand it from your perspective and they'll call us back and walk us through it and you know they've been a huge help and a huge savior as far as working on these pumps go it's always good to have those network like those networks out there yeah super huge super huge yeah we have a
0: great working relationship with them they're awesome awesome and last one last question uh what would you like to see come so like Parker, what what do you think? Uh, what kind of improvement would you like to see, like basically in your area? Um, and, then, and then, like I said, I'm not looking for anything like negative. Like, you know, oh, I want this person to, you know, no
1: um, <laughs>
0: tighten up their belt.
1: Like, like we said earlier, <laughs> uh, you know, the communication. Yeah. Um, and it, it has gotten a lot better, and I've you know created a good working relationship with a lot of the supervisors uh, as of lately. With within the last couple of months, mm-hmm. um, the they they've been. You know, there's a few specific ones that have been great about communicating certain things with me, but um, you know, just if there's something going on with the, uh, hold on, Glenn's backing in. <laughs> Got a lot of feedback here. <laughs> it's always something going on here. Out, yeah. <laughs>
0: I was actually watching it too. I was like, oh, he's gonna back in. Yeah, we're gonna have to hold on it for a second.
1: All right, we're good. Um, But yeah, it's just my biggest thing right now is, like I said, the communication. Yeah. Um, It has gotten better, but I would like to see, you know, more of our crew get better about communicating with us their needs because yeah you know I've said it a few times especially in the safety meetings and stuff is we're here for them are you speaking about the the field the field team yeah yeah, yeah the guys in the trucks yeah. and, the, and, and the equipment as well yeah like you know we've had a few machines that just got dropped off and we, we need to know what's going on with them like you know we walk outside and we just see a few machines we're like oh, I don't know what's going on with them you know right. so then sometimes we have to reach out and and communicate with them hey do you know exactly what's going on with it is it just here for service or you know is there a, a special need for this uh, specific piece of equipment? That's why our inspections are so important, guys. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and uh, document, document. Exactly. <laughs> and that that helps us. And, and yeah. you know, like I said, we're here to help them. And if it, we need them to help us, help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And with that, you know, if we find this is going to be so, like, with the guys and their needs for repairs or, or need for service, not only on the trucks, but on the equipment. Um, if they communicate with us what's going on, you know, prior to their needs, then we could um, uh, try to prioritize them, right, and and schedule for it. And with that, with that being said, if we know what's going on with it, then we can source our parts, then contact them about scheduling, schedule them in, then try to get them in and out in a timely manner so that they aren't having a lot of downtime with their vehicle or their equipment because i know that with their trucks or equipment you know that's a big asset for them doing their job and what we want to do is keep them working you know keep their assets moving keep keep them on the road or or in their equipment you know uh we we need we need them to help us help them right you know that's that's our main focus is we're, that's all we're here to do is make sure that they're working make sure that their their machine's working everything's top notch for them you know that's our right. job and that you know that's our priority number one is to make sure everybody's equipment is is up to par
0: and that's the big thing too man it's just like i said earlier document document that's why those those
1: inspections are so important oh yeah very important super important you know so. we, we see those every morning you know and and if we see if we see something getting reported through that through that you know that uh Program, then we can already start sourcing stuff just so that we can get it dealt with and then communicate with them when we have the time or when we get the part. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it may take a day or two to to get the part, and then we can plan and schedule them in to do so so that we can get them in and out in a timely manner, like I said. On the radar. Yep. Yep. All right. I think that covers everything then. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for taking time to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I'll see you around. Yeah, for sure. All right, that does it for our second episode of the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And big thanks to Dylan for giving us all kinds of good information on what's going on in the shop. Do me a favor, everybody. Follow the podcast, whether it be on Spotify or iTunes, and then let's share it within our community. Let's share it with our coworkers. This is a podcast about us. This is a podcast about you guys. And honestly, guys, the more community it will build, the better off we're going to be. And honestly, I cannot wait to do more interviews with you guys out in the field. So guys, remember, as always, be good, be safe, build on. We are Parker. Good morning, guys. I was listening to this podcast. I think it's a beautiful... Uh, having this type of podcast all the way around because I was meditating on the part where uh, I think it was Danny Brown says uh, no I think it was Ramiro, sorry (laughs) that it says that's not you know it's not often that people just like to build a career in a a company right and we have uh, a lot of guys here in Parker who work many, many years, and I think uh, that's uh, that's something amazing that talks about Parker. Try to uh, keep the guys for uh, long, and I think it's more to build a career than just work
1: at Parker. So, pretty cool, I like it. God bless you guys.